I'm sure we did not pick up on the subtleties of this scene at all. You probably just thought boobies, and I probably thought nothing. I'm, I'm five years old. Do you really think I'm like boobies? Yes. Okay, let's share with the, the listeners. No, we're not sharing yes. that story. No, we're not sharing Jane. that story. Do you want to burp again or? Oh, I was just thinking, and you know, it says this meeting is being recorded. What if I just left? Because it gives you the option. It says leave meeting. And I was just like, yeah, fuck this. I don't want to be recorded. Welcome back, everyone, to Lauren Gets Lost, a Lost Rewatch podcast. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. Thank you for joining us once again. If you're just joining us, this is a Lost Rewatch podcast where I have seen the show hundreds of times. And Lauren is watching it for the first time. And we're going through episode by episode and breaking it down. I just want to start off by saying that uh, we know that this isn't great so far. We have no idea what we're doing, and we're slowly figuring it out. Uh, we know the audio, particularly my audio, wasn't great, and we have ideas on how to get it fixed, and it's a work in progress, so please stick with us. I know we sound terrible, not just the audio, but also us speaking. We're not used to doing this, but hopefully by the time we get to the end, we'll have it figured out. Six seasons later, and we might be able to string a couple of sentences together. We actually got like... worse. And there you go, interrupting me again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really grumpy today. I'm just going to, you know, I might be extra bitchy today. It's been a long week. I'm tired. Yeah, do you want to get into it a little bit? Honestly, I just had to, like, actually do my job this week, and it's been exhausting. Sitting at a desk, doing a lot of... Uh, a lot of documentation, a lot of filing, a lot of thinking, and I'm tired. Three people left my uh, office this week. I don't know what happened to them. They're just gone. One of them was my desk mate, and he was the only person I talked to. Nice. Yeah. How about we get into the episode? Okay. <laughs> All right. Today we're going to be covering pilot part two, uh, picking up from when we left off last time. Jack, Charlie, and Kate are walking back to the beach. Jack's trying to get the radio to work. It isn't working. And Kate questions what Charlie was doing in the bathroom back at the cockpit. And he reveals that he was throwing up right before the monster showed up. We then cut to a flashback of what Charlie was really doing right before the plane. And it explains why he was in that bathroom. He ran up to the front of the plane to take one last hit of his heroin before he ditched it. But before he could flush it, the plane started to crash, so it's still in the toilet. Is it called a hit of heroin? I have never done heroin, so I don't know. I thought it was like a bump, a, a, a snort, if you will. Oh, you know what? He does call, he does say bump like later on in the series, so I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I've never done drugs. Also, it's not heroin, it's cocaine. It's definitely heroin because they call it heroin like a hundred times throughout the series. Okay, this shows you how little I know about drugs. I thought anything powdery was cocaine, and that heroin was like you light it on a spoon and you inject it. Well, I mean, it's powdery first. Yeah, but he was, was he snorting it? Well, I guess they don't show him doing it. Does, do, later, does he snort it? Well, they always kind of cut away every time he, like, does it. Because there's no way he has a syringe. Well, no. Uh, like all that stuff. That's like always how I've seen. I don't know anything about drugs. I thought it was cocaine. So I'm I, done. I honestly like watching it as a kid, because again, I was five years old when I watched this. I thought he was just licking it out of his hand. Like, well, have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? It kind of. Oh, and then they get the Coke and then they like rub it on their teeth. Mm-hmm. But that's more of a comedy and that's cocaine. So I don't know. I'm just confused. There's that scene in Pulp Fiction where the girl thinks she's snorting coke and she snorts heroin and she like immediately ODs. So I'm just... Oh, maybe you can. I don't know anything about drugs, so... For the... uh, Oh, wow. (laughs) For the authenticity of this podcast, should we do heroin? No. Um, I don't even know how to get heroin. (laughs) I know a guy. I don't... I don't actually... I mean, you live in Bakersfield, so... Oh, I could get it. I could get it. 
I live on the wrong side of I-71, so I probably could find some if I looked hard enough. Don't do drugs, kids. We're just joking. This is all for the banter. All for the laughs. Um, that was the worst British accent I've ever heard. Well, I haven't watched a Love Island all week because Kate's moving. Uh, we just watched one episode last night, but we're not caught up. So a couple questions I have for you regarding uh, Charlie's heroin addiction. How do you think this is going to go for him? He clearly only has a, a limited supply. You know that he's on the island for more than a couple days because you know it's six seasons. So like, what do you think this is going to be like for him? Could you, like, obviously you've never done drugs, but could you imagine going through withdrawal on this island? Yeah, I I feel like this is going to be really bad. And I think, you know, right now we know Charlie as a really fun, loving, like kind of goofy character. So I imagine that he's going to do like a 180, going to become very irritable, from the portrayals of withdrawal that I've seen in other shows and movies, it can be extremely bad. Sometimes like violently ill on the brink of death. So yeah, I feel like this is going to suck for him. From what I've seen in TV and movies, it's like you're sweating, you get, you get sick, you, you know, puke a little bit, uh, irritable, all things that surviving a plane crash on a deserted island with no source of food or water might cause. So he's got a cover. So it might be interesting to see how this plays out. Nah, I feel like it's going to be a lot more, especially considering he starts out so like happy-go-lucky. Like all of a sudden he goes into this. I don't think he's going to be able to hide the situation. All right, that's fair. So Shannon's doing nothing and Boone immediately just starts giving her shit as brother and sister do. But then Claire and Shannon start to have a conversation about the baby and bond a little bit. Also, I just want to mention, Shannon is so hot. Just want to put that uh, I don't know. She's pretty bitchy. <sighs> That's my type. Love you, Kate. Um, <laughs> Claire reveals that she hasn't seen the baby move since before the crash, and she's a little concerned. Felt the baby move. What did I say? <laughs> you said she hasn't seen the baby move. Oh, shit. I thought I said feel, to be honest. Maybe he did. Oh, no, I'm second-guessing it. I'll fix that in post. <laughs> uh, Jin is grabbing sea urchins and Sun's watching her, and then Michael shows up looking for Walt. There's the obvious language barrier, but we start to see that uh, Jin and Michael just don't get along, and a point of contention for them is Sun because Jin orders Sun to button up her top button, and Michael like gives him some, like, judgy eyes yeah that made me mad i understand um you know there's different cultures and there's different expectations of modesty but i just don't like that her husband's telling her to do it she doesn't look happy about it that pissed me off so then michael goes on continuing to look for walt um turns out walt's looking for vincent in the jungle and he finds a pair of handcuffs michael comes up yells at walt for a little bit and then eventually gives him the cuffs so they cut to a fight scene between Said and Sawyer. They're just beating the shit out of each other until Jack and Michael come in and break up the fight. When I watched that part, I, I wrote down Battle of the Hotties. I think uh, these are my two crushes so far. So yeah, it was a nice time. Mine too. I always joke that anytime Said puts his hair up in a bun or like a ponytail, the man could do whatever he wanted. So good looking. I feel like we've crossed the line here. Sawyer starts yelling some racist shit towards Saeed, and Michael shows Jack the cuffs. Sawyer then accuses Saeed of crashing the plane. My question here, why did they immediately assume that the pair of handcuffs means that one of the survivors is a prisoner? I wondered the same thing, and, and I have multiple points on this. One, okay, say there's a marshal on an airplane. Can they not just assume he just carries cuffs as part of his job? Because what if he needs to detain somebody on the plane? And secondly, there are so many dead bodies. How do they know? Oh, I guess they're saying that they like, they got rid of the cuffs, right? I mean, yeah, but like there's luggage everywhere on this island. Yeah. What if somebody's just kinky and they just had cuffs in their carry-on? I literally wrote that down. (laughs) More fighting. Kate like yells and the fight essentially ends, you know, girl boss. Um, and she announces to the camp that the transceiver's not working. So Saeed volunteers to work on the radio, but Sawyer doesn't trust him because, again, racist. Um, and then he, 
Hurley tries to keep the peace and Sawyer just calls him fat and calls him Lardo. I really feel like this is making me look so bad because last episode I said, oh yeah, I had such a big crush on Sawyer. I love Sawyer. And then he just comes out the gate racing. Wow. He just comes out the gate racist and just hurling insults at people about their weight and their race. And so I'm like, oh, that makes me look bad. If it makes you feel any better, recently on the Lost subreddit, they did like a top 30 characters thing and Sawyer came in as number one, so. Don't tell me that. That's a spoiler. Because right now we think we hate him. You, he's a fan favorite. Everyone Whatever. Whatever. Um, I just, so longtime fans, you know that Sawyer calls nickname, everybody nicknames. I was shocked to find out that the first nickname was Lardo. Does he consistently call him Lardo throughout the show? I think Hurley gets the most nicknames from anyone. Like, there's two consistent nicknames, one of them being Doc, which he immediately calls Jack Doc after Jack gets in his face and, like, tells him to stop. But I thought Doc was going to be the first nickname because it's, I'd say, the second, like, most iconic one behind Freckles, which is what he calls Kate. But the fact that it was Lardo, I was just shocked. So Sawyer... And basically storms off. Said gets to work on the radio. Hurley walks over to keep him company. They they bond over calling Sawyer a jackass. And then Said reveals that he was a military communication officer in the Republican Guard of Iraq. Just to put this in perspective, the flight crashed on the same date that the episode aired, which was September 22nd of 2004. So three years and 11 days post 9-11, when the war on terror was at an all-time high, for this show to not only have Saeed as an important character, but crucial to the plot and like presented in a way where he was like almost everyone's like favorite, the show was pretty ahead of its time. Like obviously some aspects of it didn't age well, um, parts of Sawyer and Kate's relationship, Sawyer as a whole. But the fact that they had a Middle Eastern man as like one of the core characters was pretty impressive. Do you know, I mean, I know you were pretty young at the time, but do you know if there was any pushback on that? Because what I'm thinking, honestly, if you released a show like that right now, and not maybe not necessarily like a Middle Eastern character, but there is so much division right now in our country. I truly think people would be outraged. People online would be throwing a fit that they were trying to make a hero out of somebody that, half of our country considers to be a terrorist. Yeah, it's really annoying. You know, shows will come out, they have really diverse casts, and they're like, oh, you're just shoehorning this in for the sake of diversity. Like, you look at uh, Marvel's The Eternals had a really diverse, like, ensemble cast, and people just shit on it because they didn't like that it was diverse. But then you go back and you look at a show that came out in the early 2000s, and it's a, I mean, again, a majority of them are white people, white, attractive people. But, I mean, they had, you know, Middle Eastern people, Black people, Asian people, a couple people, uh, you know, in the bigger plus size community. Not a lot of LGBT community people, but it still was a pretty diverse cast. So it's annoying to see people say that they're doing it now when it's bit. Obviously, it's better now, a lot more consistent, but it hasn't, it's not like it's a new thing. Yeah, but that's kind of what I'm, What I'm thinking is people like to say, look how far we've come. But like, I think the farther we come, the more uh, polarized people get because the more upset people are getting because they are seeing diversity. I mean, look at how pissed people were that Hamilton was a cast full of people of color. Yeah, and now that Survivor and and Big Brother are like trying to have more diverse cast, people are just like, oh, I'm not watching anymore. It's like- does it really matter what they look like? I thought we were watching these for like the people and the game, but that's a whole other thing. We're not experts on this. We're just two people with a podcast with millions of listeners worldwide. Millions. And opinions that are not backed in any sort of education at all. We're trying to learn obviously more every day and be the best that we can, but Kate starts taking a bath and welcome to my sexual awakening as a five-year-old. No, you took my thunder. 
I was going to tell you, this is starting a whole new segment for me. Hottie of the week. Kate wins hottie of the week. I will say she was almost tied with somebody. I'll get to that later, but she, she pulled ahead. So yeah, uh, this was not a sexual awakening for me. This is just a, a woman appreciating a woman for her feminine beauty. Speaking of a woman appreciating a woman, Sun watches on and is envious of her essentially naked freedom. Um, and I'm five and you're eight while we're watching this. So I'm sure we did not pick up on the subtleties of this scene at all. You probably just thought boobies and I probably thought nothing. I'm, I'm five years old. Do you really think I'm like boobies? Yes. Okay. Let's share with the, the listeners. No, we're not sharing yes. that story. No, we're not sharing Zane, that story. <laughs> Zane, as a child, used to point at cleavage and tell women, I like your line. So, yeah, I do actually think that you were looking at the scene thinking <sighs> boobies. But I will say, I love that son unbuttons her top button as she's looking at Kate. This Kate standing there in a bra and underwear and son's like, yeah, me too, girl. Unbutton my top button. I don't think that was that scene. Yes, it is. D- okay. I know it definitely happens in a later scene. I don't know if it happens in that scene too. It is. She watches Kate. She signals to her that like she's needed somewhere. And then Kate's like, got it. And then Sun undoes her button. I swear. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I have it written down in the scene where Jin slaps Sun's hand and walks away. It's like two scenes later. So it's possible. Whatever. I I swear I remember it all. The, well, I could be wrong. I'm not the one that's watched this show 55,000 times. You also thought the guy last week had no legs when he definitely had legs. Whatever. You? No, we'll get to that later. Oh, God. I know what you're talking about. So Saeed and Kate meet up and like discuss the transceiver. Um, it's working, but there's no signal and it has a weak battery. So they have a sh- very small window to make the transceiver work and they have oh shit i just read my notes you're right (laughs) (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i had to go back through because i was like adamant that i was right yeah you're right so they have a small window to make the transceiver work which means they have to climb a big ass mountain yeah they're panning to the top of that mountain and i like to hike And I always go into a hike and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm so ready for this. And then I look up to the top, like where I'm supposed to be going. And I'm like, fuck, I can't do that. And I feel like that's how they felt in that moment. And they're like starving. So I'm sure it was like way worse. day into the accident. Dude, if I haven't had like a snack, I'm starving. A day, I'd be hungry. I mean, you get vertigo too, right? So like climbing that mountain would have been rough for you. Uh, Sometimes. Not typically while I'm actually hiking. I The first time I got vertigo was on a hike in Yosemite, like a steep drop-off to the side. So sometimes with a drop-off, I just kind of get a little bit dizzy. But no, I mean, once you they start showing how they're actually doing this hike, they're basically scaling the side of this mountain. That's insane. And they never do that again. Every time they like cross the island, it's always just like walking along the beach or like through the valley. This is like the only time they're ever seen scaling the side of a mountain probably because they did it once and they were like uh that was fucking stupid that was hard so you kind of got into it a little bit but you love hiking and camping you go to national parks all the time obvious take out the food equation of it because you're obviously going to be starving hungry sunburnt all that but would you be in your element in something like this would you be like kate and look for any chance to run into the jungle and explore or would you just be like i'm gonna stay at the beach no, I'd be in the jungle. I think I'm not a beach person in general. Now, this is a completely different situation because when I'm hiking, it's like I typically have mapped it out on all trails and I've read, you know, reviews about it or posts about it. And I know what I'm getting into, but I also like to explore in an area. So I think I'd be like, Kate, I'd be, I'm not Shannon. I'm not going to lay on the beach. I would be a bitch like Shannon. I'd be complaining the whole time, but I'd be in the jungle. Even with the monster out there? Well, I guess that maybe changes my mind a little bit. Uh, I'd like to say that I still would be, but I'm just going to say that because I'm going to pretend I'm brave. 
Jack's working on the marshal. He needs to pull out the shrapnel, and he basically lifts off, lists off a lot of, if I can do this, then he might be able to save him. So not great odds. And Kate tells Jack that she's going to go on the hike to work on the, to get the transceiver to work, basically. And Jack immediately is like, no, uh, did you remember that thing that none of us saw that chased after us and killed the pilot? You shouldn't go. And he's like, wait until I go, wait until I can go at least, you know, I'll. Yeah. Because a monster is going to be stopped because Dr. Jack goes, I really, this guy's pissed me off. He's too controlling. It's so ironic that you say that. Um, But the battery is the issue here. They don't have time to wait for Jack. So they're basically going to go. By the way, remember our game from last week where Kate's going to go and Jack says no, but Kate goes anyway. Let's take another shot. We'll be drunk by the end of season one. So Jin and Sun are working on some seafood. Sun goes to help with something, but Jin slaps her hand away. And then he takes the tray and walks away. This is when Sun untops and unbuttons her top button you may now celebrate that's what i said the whole time i always knew that that's when that scene happened i was just testing your knowledge of lost yeah i loved it i wrote down top button rebellion sun and jin's storyline is like one of the ones that intrigues me the most like every time i rewatch it because i always just i know where they get and i'm like i'm always like so happy with with their spoiler it's always interesting to see them at the beginning again every time I do a rewatch. So Jin offers some food to Hurley, who rejects it. Um, but we can kind of see from, from these interactions that Jin has some skill with, with fisherman abilities, and he actually seems to give a shit about the others, even though he basically said we have to isolate ourselves. I know that Jin has been a dick to his wife this whole time, but I really felt bad for him in this moment. Like, Hurley could have been nicer about it and also i I feel like who are you to decline food on this island like he's coming up and he's serving you he worked hard to prepare this food i get it people don't like seafood whatever but like i feel like he was mean i kind of felt bad for him yeah give him a week into this i almost said camping trip give him a week into the experience they'll be begging for his sea urchins so michael attempts to bond with walt by offering to buy him a new dog when they get home which um, for all you dog owners out there that have ever experienced uh, a missing dog, this is the worst thing you can say. Yeah, I was pissed for Walt. I was like, how fucking dare you? He's basically just given up. And I get, I get it where he's coming from. He's like, oh, there's no chance that this dog's alive. But come on, dude. You, you got to think. Did I ever tell you the story about the time that I recreated a scene from Lost because dad lost my dog? No. I came home from work and um, Locke had gotten out and dad didn't realize. And it was like 1030 at night. So I just immediately run outside and it's pouring down rain. And there's this like tree line right next to where our apartment was. And I used to take him on walks there. So I'd be like, maybe he just goes to familiar territory. So I run into the tree line. I'm basically surrounded by trees. It's pouring down rain and I'm just screaming Locke's name. And I was so terrified that he was like gone. I eventually found him. Long story, he ended up with the police. But um, after everything was like kind of settled down, I was just like, that's like six different scenes and lost. Just someone in rain in the woods screaming for luck. <laughs> I'm sure the neighbors were thrilled about that too. Well, the neighbors, me yelling is the reason I found them because they basically were like, are you missing a dog? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, yellow lab. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we found him. He's with the police. He's been arrested. I'll show you the picture after this. Or maybe I'll post it on our stories. Follow us on social media. Our three followers. Follow us on our socials. You could be the fourth. Charlie sneaks off, does some drugs, and uh, Jack recruits Hurley to find some antibiotics for the marshal, prepping for the surgery still. Shannon realizes that had she been in first class, she and Boone would be dead because they know that no one survived in the cockpit section of the plane. And then Boots and Boone insults her, calls her useless, and they get another sibling spat. Um, as a sign of resistance, she joins the hike, and Boone is forced to go along with because he has to protect his sister. 
Uh, and then Charlie also joins because he wants to nail Shannon. So the team is assembled. And uh, right as they leave, Sawyer's reading this letter. wonder what that's about. We'll get to that later. And he joins the team too. So that's our mission team to go fix the transceiver, basically. I was surprised that Sawyer joined. He doesn't seem like a team player. I mean... I guess if he doesn't trust Saeed, like it would make sense for him to like want to keep an eye on him. Again, racist. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I didn't think about that. Okay, so we kind of covered it earlier with you would not stay on the beach, you'd go hiking. But like, it's the next day after the accident, there are still bodies laying on the beach and you recognize one of them. Are you going to be like Boone and be like, let's do something to be helpful? Are you going to be like Shannon and just kind of stay out of the way and like process everything that happened to you? I think I'd be more of a boon in this situation. I I care a lot about what people think about me and I don't want people to not like me. So I feel like I wouldn't be a Shannon because she's definitely not earning any brownie points by just sitting around and being a bitch. Ironically, she goes on to be tied for MVP in this episode, in my opinion. Really? we'll get there we get some shots of the hike um some really awesome music as they scale the mountain Said and boone are helping shannon sawyer's helping kate no one gives a shit about charlie he struggles on his own um and then while jack's looking for a blade to perform the surgery he starts talking to michael about walt we learned that michael doesn't really know how old walt is um but then Jack reveals to Michael that Vincent is in fact alive, that he saw him in the jungle, um, which stuns Michael. That he and, felt like a dick. Yeah, probably. In his defense, like, we all would have thought that dog was dead. Yeah, definitely. But still, I would have still tried to at least help my son and, like, at least humor him, like, go out and try to look for the dog. Yeah, like, if you're under the impression that you're leaving soon, like, you're going to get rescued, then wouldn't you just be like, yeah, we'll find him. And then when rescue comes, be like, we can't hold out any longer. Yeah, you would think. Walt in my favorite character, John Locke, uh, meet and they bond over some backgammon. And we learn a little bit of Walt, about Walt here. He reveals that Michael didn't raise him. He was uh, raised by his mom. In uh, he lived in Australia for some time and she died a couple weeks ago. That is very sad. I, I felt really sad at that moment because, like, he has just lost his mom and he was, like, his life completely uprooted, moving across to a different country with a guy that he presumably does not know, his father, and now he's crashed on an island and he lost his dog. They're having a bad month. Yeah, Locke said it well. In this scene, they talk about backgammon and Locke, in a very dramatic way, explains the game. Two players, two sides. One is light, the other dark. This means nothing to you, but holy foreshadowing, Batman. That kind of just like lays it all out there. Oh, I thought he was just giving a metaphor about race. Also, I've never played backgammon. Yeah, neither have I. What was that game that we always played? It was like a checkerboard. With Othello. Like, I'd never Othello. Like the, Othello. like the Shakespeare character? Yeah, I think so. Is it, That's it what really, the game is called, Othello. Is it related to Shakespeare? Bitch, I don't know. I never read it. Locke tells Walt a secret, which would have been really cool if you didn't know what it was. Um, but, you know, it cuts away, so we don't know yet, but we'll learn in time. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. The, the directing on this scene, very, very close up of Locke's face while he looks at a 10-year-old boy and is like, want to know a secret? I'm sorry, it's giving Jerry Sandusky. Yeah, he is creepy. This is Locke's like first speaking line. We don't know anything about him except that he talks to children and a miracle happened to him. So you're, you're right to have that instinct that he's, you know, suspicious, creepy, mysterious. Reluctantly... Claire takes some of Jin's seafood and then she feels the baby kick. And Claire in that moment decides she thinks it's a boy. I think that's funny because the whole time I was thinking, 
no, she's not going to take it because pregnant women aren't supposed to eat raw fish, but she does. Well, she's like, isn't it like in your third trimester, you can like kind of indulge yourself a little bit or is that when you're not supposed to? No, you're not. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Talk to your OB, but I do work with pregnant women and there are foods that you should avoid for your entire pregnancy. And raw fish is one of them, but it's mostly for the risk of foodborne illness. So they're in a wide open space, the hiking group and Sawyer and Saeed start arguing about if they should use the radio. Sawyer wants to use it. Saeed's concerned that they're not high enough and they don't have a lot of battery power. Um, While they're arguing, there's a noise from the bush. Everyone except for Sawyer takes off running. Kate wants to go back and get him. Saeed says, fuck him. But Sawyer whips out a gun and kills the charging beast. You fucking bitch. Last episode, you berated me. How would they have a gun? They're on a plane. It's after 9-11. I was yelling at my empty house when I watched this scene because how did he get a gun? I mean, obviously he explains it, but I'd like an apology. I stand by my reasoning. You're, you're, you're acting like they should have shot him then and there as if everybody around them was carrying a gun. <laughs> I would still like an apology. They also only have one gun that they found. <laughs> Lauren just flipped me off. She forgot it's an audio medium. That was just for you. <laughs> Thank you. Kills, kills the polar bear. Um, and I would like to say, this is another reason I thought that the show was so stupid. I was like, a polar bear on an island? That's stupid. And that was an excuse I used forever. Whenever people would ask me why I didn't watch Lost, this was something I cited. There's polar bears on an island. It's dumb. Yeah, I used to... When I would like try to pitch the show to Kate, um, dad was there and he was just like, oh yeah, that was a good show. It, it jumped the shark when they introduced the polar bear. And I was like, that was the second half of the first episode. And he's like, yeah, then. <laughs> <laughs> why do you think there's a polar bear on the island? I have no idea. And that's why I was like, uh, okay, I'm confused. Is this the thing that's been like, they've been afraid of the whole time? Like all the noises and like the... The, the moving in the jungle and the, what killed the pilot. How would a polar bear rip the pilot out of the top of the cockpit? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where, whatever. I don't know. Do you, so you know about the hatch. Do you have yeah. any theories at all what this polar bear could be? Maybe people used to live here and there was a zoo, but then when they abandoned the island, the polar bear got loose from the zoo. There's also penguins and and bison and jaguars lots of different zoo animals roaming around there like, was a, like in columbus in zanesville where somebody had a like their own little private zoo and then all the big cats got loose when he like killed himself and what happened i don't remember i have no idea what you're talking about you can google it it's worth a google there's a line that saeed has where he says polar bears don't live uh this far south and i was like wait was it penguins or polar bears that live in Antarctica? I could not remember. <laughs> penguins. I remembered because of that scene in uh, Madagascar. Moving on. Uh, so Hurley assists uh, Jack with saving the marshal, but Hurley isn't great around blood and faints immediately uh, once he pulls the shrapnel out and there's all this blood, which by the way, I'm still five years old watching this show and there's all this blood. Jack was stupid in that moment. Like, it was so clear. He was, you're telling me he couldn't find anyone else to help? There's only so many named characters left on the beach. One of them is pregnant. Two of them don't speak English. And Michael has to keep an eye on Walt, so. Locke? Well, they haven't even spoken to each other. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah, that's a huge hurdle. Is that all the other characters? I don't know. I think it is. Um, So, back with the group discussing the polar bear they just discuss how bizarre it is that it's there and then immediately move on as if it's not that interesting because sawyer has a gun how did he get this gun sawyer reveals that he swiped it swiped the gun and a badge off a marshal um and saeed accuses him of being the prisoner how would you know he's the marshal it's like well the badge 
Um, Kate takes the gun off Sawyer and Saeed helps her take it apart, basically. That is the scene that pushed Kate into the winner of Hottie of the Week. But I will say she was tied with Saeed up until this point. Really? I... My dog's just <laughs> trying to come in the room. The door doesn't latch, and so Izzy just leaned her fat body up against it, and the door just came open, so I had to close it. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, Saeed and Kate were tied. I very much enjoy uh, Saeed's intelligence and his competency. He's always just, like, calm and, like, ready to help everybody out. Like, he knows how to work the radio, and, and then he tells Kate how to, like, undo the gun. But... I kind of don't believe her on like, oh, does anybody know how to work this gun? You don't just like disarm somebody that easily and then say, I don't know how to work a gun. I liked when Charlie was like, I think you just pulled the trigger. <laughs> um, I thought you were, I thought you might think Sawyer was hottie because one, he's hot and two, he killed a freaking polar bear. Uh, well, clearly you don't know me that well because I love bears. So even though that polar bear was definitely going to kill them, I was very sad that he killed the polar bear. And also he's been a bigot this entire episode. Oh, that's, enti- that's entirely true. Um, so they take the gun apart and give Sawyer the gun back, but like keep the magazine. Why give him the gun? <laughs> like, I feel like just to make him happy, just, I, you know, finders I, keepers. I guess, but, like, I would have given it to Saeed. Yeah, but then Sawyer would have been pissed. If you give the whole thing to Saeed, who Sawyer thinks is a terrorist, that's just going to cause more issues. Might have each give them half so neither one could do anything with it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, So Sawyer grabs Kate's arm in this interaction and, like, kind of, like, aggressively flirts. And uh, I just want to say that I don't think a lot of the Sawyer Kate interactions have really aged that well, like with everything that's happened over the last couple of years, like obviously this is 18 years old, but like looking back at it, it did not look great. Uh, I don't really, I didn't really find anything wrong with it. What I really well, found I, was there's some stuff that hasn't happened yet that I'm like thinking about, but well then I obviously can't speak to that. But in this moment, all I could think was those people are standing so close to them. They can hear everything they're saying. It was very weird, very uncomfortable. You say that you don't believe Kate uh, doesn't know how to use a gun. Does it have anything to do with what we learn in the next scene, which is her flashback? Well, yeah, that just basically confirmed it for me. I was already thinking it. I'm going to give myself credit. I was like, she's way too confident with that gun to not know how to use it. And then they give the next scene, and I'm like, ah, fucking duh. So the next scene is revealed that Kate is our prisoner, and the man that she's been sitting next to and hovering over as Jack works on him was the marshal. Um, So before the reveal, did you have any suspicion that Kate was the prisoner? And if not, did you think it was someone else? Uh, No, I didn't have any suspicion, but then it, it kind of feels obvious looking back because, like, Jack is starting to, oh, wait, what, what? Oh, when Jack is saying that he might be able to save the marshal and then she's kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to go off into the jungle. She just changes the subject. Or when they're discussing that when Saeed and Sawyer are fighting, they're saying somebody is a criminal. She's like, the radio works. Like she's always changing the subject when it comes up. So it makes sense now, but I didn't think of it beforehand. Nice little attention to detail. When we first see Kate, come out of the jungle she's rubbing her wrists that's so true i didn't think about that um so continuing with the flashback scene right before the crash kate asks the marshal for a favor we'll get into that next time when we discuss the first kate episode but the crash begin a bag immediately knocks the marshal out um kate is able to take the cuffs off puts on her mask and then puts the marshal's mask on essentially saving him and then the tail rips off, sucks someone out of the plane, which is terrifying. I don't think I reacted to that as a five-year-old, but like now as a 23-year-old, that shit is terrifying. Yeah, but quick death. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean. Quick death. Don't even. 
was he might have survived all the way to the ground. There's no way. I guess I don't really know the force of a of the vacuum of a plane. Yeah, exactly. So Kate saved the marshal, the man, the only man that knows she's a prisoner, knows her past. Obviously, she didn't know that they were going to crash on this island and all the shit was going to happen. But the fact that she saved him, essentially, or attempted to at least, does that make you think of Kate any different way? I mean, clearly she has some good morals about her. But I mean, I think she, what she did, the act of like putting the oxygen mask was like a good thing. I don't think it actually saved him. I think at that point when your plane has completely ripped apart, those oxygen masks are not doing anything. Just for the record. So cut back to Jack, the marshal wakes up and is just like, where is she? And Jack's like, who? Because he's an idiot. Obviously, we know it's Kate, but... I don't think that makes him an idiot. Because once again, the prisoner could be some random dead body on the beach. Or kinky person. That too. But he could be... Like, obviously, there's not that many female characters. It's not going to be Shannon traveling with her brother or Rose traveling with her husband or a pregnant woman. Probably not. But... But there's so many dead people that, of course, his mind is not going to immediately go to Kate. Fair enough. They're higher up, and Saeed decides to check the radio finally. And guess what? We've got a bar. So they pick up the message that's blocking their ability to transmit, and it's coming from someplace close, like on the island, perhaps. The message is in French, and they briefly celebrate the idea of getting rescued by the French. Shannon speaks French, well, kind of, and after a lot of yelling, Shannon is able to kind of translate the message, and she realizes it's repeating. So Saeed begins to calculate how long the message uh, has been repeating while Shannon translates, and we get two things out of this message. One, a French woman is alone on the island asking for help, and everyone she is with or was with is dead. Quote, it killed them. And the other thing is Saeed's able to calculate that the message has been going on for about 16 and a half years. So clearly she was on the island with a group of people and they were trying to start a polar bear farm. The polar bears got loose. One king of the polar bears killed everybody. That's the it. Now she's alone hiding from this army of polar bears seeking their revenge. Everyone gets immediately... That's a good theory, by the way. I feel like you were just going to brush right past it. Yeah. Kind of insulted. (laughs) I didn't want to tell you that you were right. And the podcast of Cracked the Code. Who needs six seasons when I figured it out immediately? So the group immediately gets dejected because they realize if that woman was rescued, that message wouldn't be playing all these years later. And then the episode ends with the very dramatic and like infamous line guys where are we which like when you think about it if you were in that scenario like and this was real life i would be really annoyed that he asked that question like obviously we don't fucking know like it's great for a television show great cliffhanger but just like in real life that would have pissed me off so much Yeah, but I think the point of it, it's not just like, oh, we don't know where we are, but it's like we are somewhere that is so remote that in 16 years, no one else has come across this island. I feel like that's the point of where are we? Like, we're not just like, oh, no, we we're on like a small island off of Fiji. Like they're in the middle of nowhere. Fair enough. So that's the end of pilot part two. Uh, A couple questions for you. What do you think... For real this time, what do you think killed the French woman's people? Could it be the polar bear? Could it be the monster? You're aware of the others. Maybe it was that. I think because she said it, it would either be the polar bear or this other monster that's not been seen in the jungle. What do you? Th- where do you think the signal's coming from? I mean somewhere on the island right like clearly because they show like this whole mountain and they're like hiking forever it's clearly like a big island so i'm just thinking she's somewhere there all right could it be related to the hatch do you think 
Well, it would make sense because they like type the code from the hatch. So it clearly has computers. So maybe it's being transmitted from the hatch. Good theory. All right. That's all the questions I have for that scene. So now just let's break it down. Give me a synopsis. What happened this episode, Lauren? Um, Two hot guys were fighting because one hot guy was being racist. A polar bear tragically lost its life just trying to find some food in the jungle. And we heard a creepy French message. That's pretty much what I got. That's literally what ABC had as their synopsis for the episode. I must have read it and just committed it to memory. All right. So going forward, you've now seen the entire pilot of the most amazing show that there ever was. Do you have any predictions about what's going to happen with the storylines that have already been set up? Uh, well, now I'm thinking there's, there's been some heavy flirtation between Jack and Kate and between Kate and Sawyer. So I'm thinking love triangle. I'm team Sawyer already. Cause I don't know. Jack just really rubs me the wrong way. I don't like him. You spent the entire episode saying Sawyer was a bigot and a douche. Right. Jack has rubbed you the wrong way. Yeah. I, I have nothing to back this up. It's just a feeling. I don't like Jack. I feel like he's arrogant and I know that Sawyer is racist, but you said it yourself that he's like the number one, like fan favorite. So clearly he must do something redeeming and he's hot. I'm way more into like the, broody cowboy thing than Jack's like, I'm a doctor. (laughs) Not into it. Um, I think they'll find the French woman and they'll be like, this is what you get for trying to raise polar bears on a tropical island. And then the show will end. (laughs) This is what you get. You're stuck on the island. (laughs) Great predictions. Yeah, I nailed it. I don't know why I ever think that you're going to have more insight than that. Well, I obviously I already said it. They're going to find the others. Maybe the French woman is with the others and well, but that doesn't make sense because she's no, she's alone. So she can't be with the others. Unless it's not the others. It's just the other singular. I'm pretty sure it's plural. All right. So before we wrap things up, I just want to, call to arms all of our millions of fans. Like I said at the top, we don't really know what we're doing. Um, we're trying to figure it out. We, we record this podcast using Zoom. I edit it with GarageBand. These aren't the best ways to go about things. So if you have any like advice for us, maybe like, you know, of like a tutorial video that we could watch, our DMs are open on all our socials. Uh, help us out. Because we want to make this show the best we can for you guys. And we're struggling here. Please slide into our DMs. I don't actually... Look, I'm not going to promise this is ever going to get any better. My dog is now howling because it's dinner time. So you might hear that in the background. Apologies. We can't do anything about our dogs. They are unfortunately just going to be background noise, but we'll try to fix everything else. So again, if there's anything you guys can recommend for us, we'd appreciate all the help in the world. We know we're rough around the edges. We're trying to figure it out. Um, And again, you know, if you like us, if you like the show, we're trying to make it as best as we can for you guys. So if you're willing and able, please help us out in any way that you can. Leave us a review, but only if it's a good review. If it's mean, just DM us. Just be dicks straight to our face like a man. I think I'm private on Instagram. No, th- DM the podcast, dumbass. Sorry, sorry. Oh, my gosh. My dog is going to bark this whole time. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, you for watching. It? Fuck you, stop! <laughs> do you want me to read it since the dog's No, here? I will do it. Can you hear them? Yeah. Well, let me just, maybe if I just let them in. Hey, shut your mouth. That's going to sound great. (laughs) Come here. Stop howling. I'm trying to make an award-winning podcast. Thank you for watching. Nope. (laughs) 
This is all staying in. This is all staying in. No, dog, stop. <laughs> all right, go ahead and mute yourself off of the Hold up in my mic. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. No. Oh, this is going to suck to edit. It's okay. <laughs> out. Guys, get out. Guys. Oh, they took my laptop charger. Lauren, I'm going <laughs> to... Hold on. Okay, they're gone. I got it. Following all of that, um, I'm guessing the only tips we're going to get for the help that we're desperately asking for is don't let the dogs into the room when you record the podcast. I thought that they would stop howling if I just let them in with me, but I forgot that I'm literally set up one foot from the door and that I'm plugged into the wall and they got tangled up in all the cords. Yeah, that was a bit of a disaster. So anyway... If you want to slide into our DMs, you can follow us on all social media. Our TikTok is Lauren Gets Lost dot pod, Instagram at Lauren Gets Lost pod, and on Twitter at Lauren Gets Lost. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by Zane Kohler and Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester, and edited by Zane Kohler. Our music is by David Kohler. See you next episode where we discuss Tabula Rasa, the first Kate-centric episode. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. <laughs>